Well, good morning, River Tree. It is a joy and a privilege to be with you all, and I want to welcome those that are joining us online, let you know that Jesse is sitting right here next to me. He is interacting with you online, so please feel free to enter your thoughts and questions. We would love to engage with you, even though we can't be together in person. This morning, uh, the message that I have for you all, it comes from the book of Luke, chapter 15. If you have your Bibles or your phones, feel free to turn, scroll all the way down to the end. That's where we're going to be hanging out this morning. In this portion of the Gospel of Luke, we see Jesus uh, deliver a series of stories. And these stories are called parables. This particular set of stories is a series of three things about lost things. And this particular story that we're going to talk about today is about a lost son. The story goes like this. There was a man. He had a large farm. And he had two sons. One day, one of his sons decided, I am done with this. I don't want to work on the farm with you any longer. So he asked, or perhaps demanded, for his share of the family inheritance. Now, this is the money that would be provided to him upon the death of his father. He looked his father in the eye and said, I want what will one day be provided to me. I want it now. Over here, this gives us just a look about what that would look like. We have the big brother who, by sheer fact of being firstborn, gets the majority of his father's estate. The little brother, the one that's demanding rather rudely to his father now, that's how much he would get. He wants that portion now, and he wants to go and live his best life. So a few days after he received his premature inheritance, the son packed up and he left. He left his family, he left his home. They were very sad, very disappointed to see him go. At first, this young man had fun spending the money. He lived his best life, he wore fancy clothes, he ate fancy food and lived it up. But soon, all the money was gone. To make matters worse, right about the time he ran out of cash, a great famine hit the land. This was a very dire situation where food was either very difficult to come by or literally unattainable. And this younger son found himself in that situation. He could not even get food. And a job, that was also a bit much to ask for. However, he marketed his farming skills and he was able to persuade a pig farmer to allow him to come and work for him. However, by the time he got to work on this pig farm, he was so hungry that even the pig food looked good to him. So I think we could say that this young man had hit rock bottom. Through this experience, he did come to his senses, and he did realize that even the servants that worked for his father were treated far better than the life he was living right now. And I imagine he was starting to feel pretty awful about the way he had treated his father. So he had the thought, I'm going to go back home. It's either I go back home or I die. I'll take the risk. I'll go back home. And so as he contemplated this situation, he developed an apology, a script that he began, he intended to deliver to his father upon his return, just in an effort to get his father to allow him to come back home. The apology went like this. <clears throat> Father, I have sinned against heaven 
and I have sinned against you. I am not worthy to be called your son. Please, will you take me on as a hired servant? This is what was sitting on his heart, and he began to travel home. However, when he was still a long way off in the distance, he couldn't hardly even see his house. His father saw him. His father saw him, and his father came running to him, and he embraced him, and he hugged him, and he kissed him, and the son was filled with emotion and could hardly get the apology out, and he said, Dad, I'm so sorry. I've sinned against God. I've sinned against you. And the father interrupted him and yelled to his servants. He said, go back to the house. Get my nicest coat. Get my finest ring. Get some sandals for his feet. He's been walking all this way, and he doesn't even have shoes. Bring them to him. Bring them to him and put them on him. And so they did. But here's the kicker. Do you know what the father did next? He immediately began to throw a party right there on the spot. Party planning is happening. Now we are having a party. Now because my son that was lost is now found. So the party began. While this great time was occurring, the older son, the big brother, was out in the fields, and he smelled barbecue, and he thought he heard music, and so he begins walking to the house to see what's going on, and he's seeing people dancing, and he's, what is going on? I mean, it's Tuesday. So he, he finds a servant on his way back into the house, and he's like, what is happening at home right now? And the servant was so excited to tell him, your brother the one that was lost, the one that left, he came back and we're celebrating his safe return. How do you think the older brother responded to this news? How would you feel if someone that you loved decided to leave you, decided to leave their faith maybe, and to go out and make some rather harmful, selfish, unhealthy decisions? How would you feel when they came back? Well, this older brother was not happy. In fact, he was actually very angry. He was very angry at what was unfolding in front of him. And he refused to take any part of this. He stayed outside of the house. His father notices his absence at the party and is wondering what's going on. He comes out to meet his son and asks him, what is he doing? Why won't he come in? And the son says, All these years I have slaved for you. I have never once refused to do a single thing that you told me. And you never threw me a party. And when my incredibly irresponsible younger brother comes back, you go all out in celebrating his bad decisions. The father was once again filled with love and compassion for his son. And he said to his son, all these years we've been together, and everything that I have is yours. But we have to celebrate this happy day because basically your brother was as good as dead and he's come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So here we have a story about one brother who tries to find fulfillment in the world and the other brother who tries to find fulfillment by earning it. When the little brother realized he could not find happiness out in the world, he came back home And he intended to earn a place in his father's household. 
But the father didn't want his son to be a servant. He wanted his son to be his son. He had been waiting and hoping for that day that his son would return. And we know this for a fact. We can look at verse 20, and it says that he was watching. He was actively watching for his son to come back home. When he was still a long way off, he saw him. So think about that. What would that be like? I mean, you can't just passively kind of happen to notice to see a son that far off. You have to know your son, first of all, to recognize barely a shadow in the distance. And you are at the window, and you are searching, and you are waiting, and you are hoping that, that maybe today, maybe this moment, maybe now, maybe now he'll come back, maybe now. And that's just right where the father was. He was so hoping to see his son return that he never gave up waiting and watching for him. Upon the return, to say that the father was delighted would be a tremendous understatement. He was so happy to have his son back home with him, he could not help but throw a party that very day. And in just the same way, we have a heavenly father, our true father, who feels the same way about us. We can always return, and when we return, we will be returning to loving open arms. God celebrates when his lost children, sinners, come back to him. He seeks out the lost, and he desperately wants them to return. The final scene in this story occurs after the celebration has started. The older son did not appreciate what was happening. He didn't think it was fair. His brother had chosen to run away and behave irresponsibly, and even so, was treated with such generosity and forgiveness. I think even now, there are those of us that can relate to the older brother. I mean, am I right? What gives? This older brother took his responsibilities very seriously, and he did work hard. He was naturally hurt and disappointed at the loss of his brother. And what happens? What happens when we let that hurt and that disappointment take root? We become bitter, resentful. We can't see straight. We can't celebrate the goodness that's happening around us. We become jaded. I can't help if maybe that is what is occurring right here with this younger brother, or with this older brother, I'm sorry. And I just wonder, have you ever experienced something like that? Have you ever um, had that experience where you experienced hurt and disappointment that somebody you love, somebody you cared about, went out and made some really bad life choices and essentially kind of left you? Or maybe you know somebody. Maybe you know somebody that had every reason to be hurt and be disappointed, but yet they somehow didn't let bitterness and resentment take hold. I want you to think about that for a minute. We're going to do something crazy. We're going to turn around and talk to each other. So we're just going to take literally one minute, but I want you to think about that scenario that was playing out in your head and just share with somebody next to you what that situation looked like, how you experienced that. I wonder if in what you're sharing, if anybody else relates to the older brother. Because back in Jesus' day, when Jesus told this story a long, long time ago, there was a group of people he was specifically communicating towards. These people were called Pharisees. And they essentially believed that they, only they, deserved God's grace, that only they deserved God's goodness, that they deserved God's favor, because they worked really hard. They worked so hard to maintain the letter of the law, 
They worked so hard. So only anybody that worked as hard as them, only somebody that worked that hard could also earn God's favor. But that's the key word. They believed that you had to earn it. But the thing is, what is God's favor? God's favor is grace. It's mercy. It's love, relentless love, forgiveness. And the fact of the matter is that's not something you can earn. It's something that is a gift, and it's given so generously. Both sons essentially said to the father, I want your favor. I want your good things. I want your stuff, but I reject you. Both sons used the father to get what they wanted as though they could manipulate the father. It's pretty hard to control and trick our parents. It's impossible to control or manipulate God. The older brother's approach to getting what he wanted was to do so by being good, as though he could do something to earn the favor of his father. But let's think about that. Those kinds of thoughts, those kinds of actions, what are they driven by? Our egos, our pride. But this thought pattern and this behavior is what kept the son from his father. And it inhibited his relationship with his brother. It's heartbreaking. Really, the older brother does not repent. He doesn't think he needs to. But the younger brother, he came to the realization that it was his father or it was nothing. It was his father or it was death. And he knew he did not deserve to be called his father's child. But through his father's favor, through that grace, through that forgiveness, through that mercy and that relentless love, he was welcomed back home despite his bad behavior. One son was close to home. The other son was far from home. The younger brother and the older brother are not actually all that different. They just approach it differently. They both want the benefits of the father, but maybe not the father himself. And yet, the father pursued both of them. He met both of his sons where they were. What about us? What does it mean? What does it feel like to know the father? Have you ever experienced that, uh, that kind of undeserved mercy and grace and kindness? The love that heard your apology but was already three steps ahead of you planning for a party. I've often related to the older brother. I've been close to home, but my heart was filled with hypocrisy. Perhaps underneath that, it was hurt. It was hurt that developed into bitterness and resentment. And I wonder if maybe, if I'm being honest, the thing underneath that is an attitude of me saying to my Savior, who stopped at nothing to save me, even though I don't deserve it, you owe me more. Maybe you empathize with the big brother because you're just trying to be good enough, and deep down you don't believe that you are. Or maybe right now the role of prodigal hits a little closer to home. Maybe you have a friend or a family member that finds themselves lost in a maze right now. Consider with me for a moment. Consider how much God loves them. Or maybe, 
Maybe it's you. Maybe you've wandered off and you believe the lie that nobody's going to throw you a party when you return. That is a lie, you know. I want to invite you to remember how he loves you. He will never stop waiting and hoping for the day of your return. No matter what you have done, no matter how far you have wandered off from home, or how badly you have failed. God, our good Father, loves you. He will always be there, standing there, waiting for your return home. And I can guarantee that there will be love and compassion to welcome his child back home. That is the kind of love that God has for you. You are his child, and there is nothing that you can do that will ever change that. God, our true Father, will never stop loving you. He sees you, he knows you, and he loves you, and he is calling you home. Let's pray.